Well, we told you going into the weekend that Caden Proctor, the five-star offensive lineman from Southeast Polk, was visiting Alabama. Felt like no big deal. Young man going out one final time, maybe seeing what was out there and having a little fun. It looks a lot deeper than that. Some disappointing news in the recruiting world with Caden Proctor. We'll get into that here today. Iowa gets a win over the weekend against Southeast Missouri State as they roll 106-75 and pick up their eighth win of the year in the non-conference, getting ready for one more non-conference game before conference play begins again on the road at Nebraska and at Penn State. We talk some men's basketball, and the women's team gets a nice win over the weekend as well. It's a basketball talk and a whole lot of recruiting all today on Locked On Hawkeyes. You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome in. This is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Your team every day. We have you covered here on the Hawkeye front. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, we come to you with some disappointing news on the Caden Proctor front. We will get into that today, talk some basketball, and a whole lot more. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating while you're there. And if you're on YouTube and see me hang out here in the man cave today, make sure to hit that rating and subscribe helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Well, let's get into it here today. And as I talked to you on Friday, if you heard the show, the news was out there that Caden Proctor was taking yet another visit. So Caden Proctor, if you are not big into the recruiting world, five-star offensive lineman, Southeast Polk kid, had an offer from Michigan before he ever played a varsity down. I mean, he's been a big-time prospect for a very long time and has been committed to the Hawkeyes now for six months. Now, NIL opportunities were out there when he first committed, when he made that commitment. It's a non-binding agreement. It is basically a placeholder. And a lot of frustrations that go along with it. We'll get into that here during this conversation. But just the background, big guy, six foot six, 340 pounds. I mean, he is a ready-made offensive tackle. I've watched him throughout his high school career, called many of his games, including this year, uh, both the semifinals and the state championship. Uh, probably all told, I, I probably called 10, 12 of his games during his high school career at Southeast Polk. I, he is an immediate starter. He is the upgrade that they need at the offensive tackle spot, be it left guard or right or left tackle or right tackle. He was going to be a guy that is an instant starter. He is also coming in for spring, get acclimated, and he's going to be ready to go. So during those uh, state championships up in the Unidome, the rumblings were going on up in the dome, up in the press box that well, he was maybe taking a visit coming up that weekend. Now at that time, didn't know that it was Oregon, just knew that it was a possibility. And he went, left that Saturday, went to Oregon, took a visit out there, came as a surprise to the Iowa staff. Now remember in the past, when a player that was committed to Iowa would take an official visit somewhere else, I would move on. Well, in today's day and age, you just can't afford to do that. And this is one area that Kirk Ferentz has been willing to adapt. He understands the reality of the situation and the reality of the prospect that it is. 
this guy is an instant starter. He's a three-year starter, and then he's off to the NFL. When a guy like that is in your back pocket, you absolutely bend the rules that you maybe had in the past for a prospect like this. And they did that. Now, again, that Oregon visit was a surprise to the Iowa coaches. Though there have been rumblings, there have been talk, the Iowa coaches did not know on Saturday that he was going to Oregon. They didn't find out, in fact, until he got there that he was taking that official visit. They stuck with him. They tried to schedule then a visit to Alabama, and it looked like it was going to be perhaps during the Auburn weekend. Of course, that was Thanksgiving weekend. It didn't work out uh, with the Proctors. They were not able to make that happen, but still wanted to see the campus one more time. He'd been to Alabama before, but wanted to get down there. Now, that gave, obviously, Alabama their ability to get all their ducks in a row and not just, of course, the recruiting practices and what you're going to talk about. And maybe it's bad-mouthing the Iowa program. I don't know. What Saban does, the snakes oil salesman that, you know, complains about NIL. And yet here we are with Texas A&M just because they were doing it at a better level than he was at Alabama. But whatever he does and whatever the NIL collective put together, that's its own set of circumstances. Now, we can't cry and complain as Hawkeye fans about NIL while knowing the only reason that we have a competent quarterback for next year in Cade McNamara is because of NIL. Now, without NIL, we'd be looking at what? A couple of guys that have never played a snap before, an incoming freshman that's been coached by Tony Rapiopi. I mean, it, it wouldn't be real exciting if we didn't have NIL in place because Cade McNamara without NIL would not be an Iowa Hawkeye. We have to live in that reality and understand there's going to be good, there's going to be bad. This is bad. Look, Iowa put together in the Iowa Swarm Collective, put together a great program for Caden Proctor. Are there going to be programs out there that can outspend? Absolutely. But here's the disappointing part, and you wonder how big of a piece this also played into the decision if ultimately, we don't know anything officially at this point in time. Caden Proctor, at least at last check, had not taken down his commitment to Iowa on his Twitter feed. This is all speculation and conjecture right now, but people in the recruiting sites from Blair and Tom over at HawkeyeReport.com to Sean and David over at 24-7, the people in the recruiting realm and that really have the background of recruiting, that know these the ins and outs of this, they're not sounding very positive. In fact, David Eichholt, he changed his crystal ball from Iowa to Alabama. Some, some messages that have been put out there on both of those sites and leads you to believe that this is going in the direction more than likely of Alabama. Now, what really hurts Iowa is this. First of all, what I said, this was an instant starter. This was a guy that you put in at the tackle position. He was locked in for the next three years. Injuries aside, this guy is that good. Caden Proctor is that talented that he was going to walk in and he was going to be a day one starter. There is no doubt about it. That's the kind of prospect that they had. Had committed for six months. And here we are just a couple of days away from signing day. And it looks like he's heading elsewhere. So Iowa did not have an ability to go out and recruit other high school prospects that are now committed. A big mistake, and a mistake that I've been talking about here for weeks, is their inability or their unwillingness to go into the transfer portal and look at offense alignment. Yeah, they've been looking for wide receivers. Still don't have one. Yeah, they got Eric All. That's great. Along with Cade McNamara. Excellent. But I continue to believe they needed to be looking at the offensive line. It was a disaster this year, and I know they were young. And you start four sophomores and a freshman. Hey, that's going to be a part of it. But you felt you were locked and loaded. It was going to be Mason Richmond on one side. It was going to be Caden Proctor on the other. You're set at the tackle spot. And they believed they had enough depth. And those young guys had built enough. And with another year of experience, that they were going to be fine in the middle. 
know, the guards and centers will even come together along with those good tackles, and you're going to be set. Well, now one of those tackles isn't going to be there. And what does that mean? Well, it means you're going to have either a tackle position that is going to have a big hole like it did this year outside of Richmond, and it was a disaster. Connor Colby took a step back during his sophomore campaign. He had Jack Plum out there. Cody Ince's injury obviously really hurt what they were trying to do in there. And now you're searching, and now you're behind the eight ball. Because if you're looking in the transfer portal, a lot of those guys have already committed. A lot of the top prospects at the tackle position and guys that you could really sell. It's an easy sell for Iowa, right? We put guys in the league. Offensive line, that's an easy sell. Wide receiver's a tough sell. Offensive line's an easy one. But Iowa's behind the eight ball because they thought they had Caden Proctor. Now, this is nothing negative to Caden. This is his own choice, his own decision. He's got family considerations. He's got money considerations. Look, you take a better job. You're not going to deride anybody for doing that, are you? Well, this is what it is. This is preparing. And it's not like Iowa is the only place that you can develop as an offensive lineman. Look at that list of offensive linemen Alabama's put in the league over the last decade. Pretty salty itself. It's not like he's just going and he's going to go play for Deion of Colorado. Well, at least you wouldn't think so. Or he's going and playing for a place that doesn't manufacture offensive linemen. Alabama does that as well. Well, they do it in every position. It stings that it's Alabama. It stings that it's this close to signing day. And that's the part that really hurts the most. Decommitments and recruiting, it's going to happen. And when you're going to be fishing in these waters, and when you got five-star talent, that's what's going to happen. Everybody's going to continue to come after him. They're not going to say, well, he's committed to Iowa. We're going to stay away. That's not the reality. More to come on this as we continue here. More on Caden Proctor, his decision. Where does Iowa turn if it becomes official and Proctor decides that he will take his talents down to Tuscaloosa or out to Eugene or wherever it may be? We'll talk about that. Well, it's a little Iowa basketball here as we continue on Locked on Hawkeyes. These days, every potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. Boy, this goes hand-in-hand with what we're talking about today. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You're a small business owner. You're looking for that right person for your business. I've used it before. It's easy to do. It saves time, and it gets those great qualified candidates right in front of you. Add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. It spreads the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. As we come up to the end of 2022, looking to kick off 2023 with a new hire too, LinkedIn Jobs is a place to do that. Finish the year strong and get that right member in place for 2023. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions may apply. Trent kind of back with you once again on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Again, make sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Help us out. Five-star ratings and get us in front of more Hawkeye fans. As we talk about the possibility of a decommitment from Caden Proctor. Again, Wednesday is when signing day is going to be happening. It's going to be a joyous time for a lot of kids out there. So what does this mean next for Iowa? Where do they go? We talked about the transfer portal. 
And now you got to be fishing. I mean, you got to go out there and you have to really look around and see what you can do in order to bring in some qualified guys for next season, ready-made guys, portal guys that are going to be starters from day one. That's the reality of where Iowa is right now. Just because we saw how poor that offensive line was, yeah, they got more experience. Yes, you anticipate they're going to take a step forward and they're going to be better, but you have to certainly go that route. So you look at a couple other things here, and it's actually something that I had on my list that we were going to get to at some point. In fact, I was going to talk about it on Wednesday after commitment day when it felt like, well, they were going to have the commitment from Caden Proctor. Again, still no decommitment. Don't go, but there is, there's more than just a brush fryer right now uh, about this. And in fact, as you'd be listening here this morning, very well could be uh, that we have some official news. But the second highest ranked guy for Iowa this year from Rivals is another offensive tackle and Trevor Locke. Now, Trevor Locke over the weekend on Friday, in fact, he quote tweeted uh, a picture on Twitter of him and Caden and the Iowa football offices saying, hey, stay home, make the right choice, buddy, something along those lines. Now, Trevor Locke, very highly regarded guy in his own right. This is a guy that had big time offers He's from Indianapolis. He was a four star, six foot six, 287 pounds. So he's big. He's not Caden Proctor big, but he's a big guy. Probably got work to do. Still, this is a rival's top 250 player nationally. 21st best tackle in the country regardless. He had offers from some big-time programs as well. He had some Big Ten brethren in Illinois and Indiana. Kansas, Kentucky were involved. Louisville, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. You're beating out those programs for an offensive lineman. I mean, you feel like you're in pretty good shape, right, if that happens. I don't know if Trevor Locke is going to be ready to go right away if he's that kind of player, but at least he'd be hopeful, right? And they're going to need bodies. Another one that I saw in your comments on YouTube, I always appreciate those and read through each and every one of them, the positives and the negatives. Yeah, we saw them both over there. And a question that I had, it was about David Davidkov. So if you remember a couple of years back, David Davidkov came in as the most highly decorated of the offensive linemen. We saw Conrad Colby play as a true freshman. We saw Mason Richmond play as a redshirt freshman that year. And David Davidkoff was a guy that had those big-time offers. He had Notre Dame and Michigan and Ohio State all offer him. Not interest, offer from all of those programs. He chose the Hawkeyes. Well, injuries have absolutely crushed his two years. There are people out there that believe that his football playing career is over. And if he does give it another shot, it might even be at another program. I would not even anticipate that he is going to be a guy that you even put in your too deep right now when you look forward to next season. Anything that you could get out of David Davikov going forward would be a bonus. It's nothing that you can count on at this point in time. So that's another name that's been bandied about. Get out there, do the work. Hey, it stinks. For the Iowa coaching staff right now, it's not a fun time. But another question that you have to have, a question that you have to have about the way that Kirk Ferentz did this after you come off this absolutely wretched season offensively. You have the 130th ranked offense in the country after being ranked in the hundreds a year ago. You doubled down on yourself. You came up bankrupt. And now the t- the question becomes, if Kirk Ferentz would have done something, and we continue to hear, eh, they're, they're going to wait until after the bowl game, right? We see that. And you look around college football and everybody's making moves and there's Iowa. No, nope, we don't fire guys in, in season. We don't do that. And our season goes all the way through December 31st. And because of that, we're just going to wait and see. Did that inability to go out and actually do something, to make a difficult move, be it getting rid of Brian, demoting him, 
going out and actually hiring a competent offensive coordinator. Did that play any kind of role in the recruitment of Caden Proctor? Because you know when he went to a visit to Oregon. You know when he was down at Alabama this weekend. You know that at least had to be part of the conversation, right? You're going to go play for this? You're going to play in this offensive system? Is this going to showcase your talents at the best level, running an antiquated college system that doesn't work anymore? Yeah, it worked in 2002. We talked about that last week. Iowa, yes, back in 2002, had a top 15 offense in college football, totally yardage-wise. Even the pace they played at, I understand. It was a different era of football. It was a different era of college football and the way things were run. But that happened in the Kirk Ferentz era. Yes, they had an offense that good. Well, it took a once-in-a-generation offensive line to get there. It took some great skill position and a quarterback that was elite that season and did everything at an incredibly high level. Well, that had to have all those parts working together. Now, that was 20 years ago. College football's changed. Has Kirk Ferentz changed enough with it? Well, certainly offensively, that remains a big question. You know those are conversations that absolutely happen. And that's where we are. Look, it stinks. You recruited this guy. You've had him committed for six months. You continue to put the work in. I think he's been to Iowa City on visits like 10 different times. He's probably been there even more, hanging out with his buddy from high school, Xavier Wampa. I mean, you have all this happening, and you put in the work, but I'm not going to cry for this coaching staff. That's what the money's for, right? That's why these guys are paid hundreds of thousands of dollars as assistant coaches. That's why your offensive and defensive coordinator are paid a million a year. That's why Kirk Ferentz is making millions of dollars a year. That's what the money for, stupid. It's because it's not an easy job. It's tough, right? And you also bring in a lot of money on top of it. That's also a big piece of it. It's a frustrating time. This is one thing that I will beg of you. Go on, complain to your buddies. The guy in the office next to you, go have lunch with a friend, go have a beer after work and complain to each other and go back and forth and have your things. But please, for the love of everything holy, do not, I repeat, do not tweet at Caden Proctor. Positive or negative, it's not going to help. It's not going to change his decision. And if it's on the negative side, it's not going to help anything. Just don't do it. I know we're frustrated. I'm frustrated. You're frustrated. As Hawkeye fans, you have to be frustrated because you thought, at minimum, you feel good about the tackle position going into next season. And now, you got huge question marks. But going out and actually sending a tweet to a 17, 18-year-old kid, it's not helpful. Be the adult, have a beer and complain about it with a buddy, go home, pour yourself a scotch, whatever it takes, have a puff. I don't know what you're into, but please, please, across the board, not just Caden Proctor, don't tweet at high school kids. It's not going to be helpful. We're coming back talking basketball here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. We take a look back at what happened on Saturday night as Iowa cruised to another non-conference victory, this time against Southeast Missouri State. That's as we continue on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Bet Online, your number one source for sports betting information. Stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Pro football, college bowl season is here. Basketball, the World Cup just finished up. There's a lot more soccer to bet on, though, right around the corner. They have it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasting, 
Hey, if you're listening to me, I'm sure you do. You can find those also at Bet Online. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting information. Head to the website today or hop on your phone to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, speaking of point spreads and speaking of Bet Online, Iowa gets the win. It goes over. I gave you that little nugget last week saying those non conference games. Boy, they tend to go over when they're playing the buy games, the tomato cans, the easy opponents on their schedule. Those things go over time in and time out. And this one cruised over as Iowa puts 106 points up on the board. It was all about Philip Robracha. I mean, that, that is the biggest storyline coming out of that game. And, and just to watch his development this year. Comes in last year from North Dakota. Look, they were desperate for any kind of big man. And Philip Robracha is not your typical Big Ten big man. In today's environment, you're thinking of the behemoths out there, the Kofi Coburns, the Zach Eadies, you know, just those absolute monsters going back, Luka Garza. That's not what this is. He's a different guy. He's undersized. He's 6'9". He probably should be a small, a power forward in most systems, but the way I was built right now, he is going to be their center. You saw glimpses a year ago. You saw times where, man, this guy, maybe he's got a little something more there. A little athleticism through the paint a couple of times, but he was still learning. It's a big jump coming from the Summit League and going through the rigors of the Big Ten week in and week out. And we'll still see. Look, this was against Southeast Missouri State. This is not a good basketball team that they played on Saturday night. It's nothing to get overly excited about putting 106 up on the board against a team like this. Look, you got to do it against good opponents. And letting the Wisconsin game slip away, that's going to be frustrating. Just not giving your best effort and not playing well against Duke. That's frustrating. We know Iowa can do this against the bad opponents, so you don't want to read too much into it. But for Philip Robracha, he continues to show that there is more to his game and that he can be a guy that they run the offense through at times. Now, I, I complained a little bit earlier this season. I felt like they did that maybe a little bit too much. We saw too much of the offense going through Philip Robracha. I, I might be wrong on that front. I, I really might be wrong on that one if he can continue to just be this consistent. If they can get 15 and 9 from him a night, just think about the upside of this team with Chris Murray coming back, hopefully here pretty soon. Still doesn't look like he's going to be back, certainly not for the next game against Eastern Illinois. And continue to hear, not likely to play, certainly in the Nebraska game, maybe, maybe even the other road game uh, as Big Ten play gets started again with the Penn State one. Possibility of maybe the Indiana game. There's other people who think it's even going to be longer than that. But that aside, they're going to get Chris Murray at some, back, some point back with this basketball team. Tony Perkins, I love the game. I love the swagger that he plays with. But another huge part of what we saw Saturday night was, again, Peyton Sanford getting going a little bit. And they went to him early and often. And that was probably the biggest thing that you look for in that game, just finding a way to get him out of the shooting slump. He was hitting shots early. And it wasn't just three-pointers. I mean, there was, there was more variety to his game, something that is necessary. There's so many times that, Guys that are good offensive players, you just get pitch and holding it. And with it, you go a little bit deeper and you just say, boy, this guy, he's just a shooter. Sanford, that is his best quality, right? He is a dead-eye shooter when he is on beautiful form. He's got the size to get it over guys, even more athletic guys. He can get over them because of that six foot eight frame. His shooting is a number one. That's the top of the heap. But he can do a little bit more, a little pull-up game off a couple of dribbles, get to the rim every once in a while. It's not going to be a huge part of his game. Look, he's not an elite athlete. He's not a plus athlete by any means. He's not going to be beating guys in the Big Ten game in a game on, on the dribble. You do it a couple times a game, though, put it on the deck, get around a guy, pull up, hit a jumper. 
that is going to open up things for you offensively and get those shots, those three-point shots off even more. Great to see him get going a little bit, even against Southeast Missouri State. Uh, one final thing, we also saw Tony Perkins come out there, but one to keep an eye on is what we saw from Connor McCaffrey. Now, Connor, he was out there doing Connor things, right? Nine points, five rebounds, three assists, had a steal in the game. He talked, he did Connor things because that's what Connor does. And I absolutely love the guy. But wrist injury. So he's dealing with that right now. Came out a, a couple of different times in the game, kind of you know, grabbing at it, kind of you know, fisting together the hand and put ice on it. Saw that uh, one of the shots of the game. Look, Connor right now is one of your most viable three-point shooters. He can't afford a wrist injury to a guy like that. So hey, he's tough. He's going to grit it out. You know that's not going to be a problem for him. But I need Connor McCaffrey. I mean, to think coming into the year, if you said Connor McCaffrey, how important he would be. We just thought he was going to be a piece, right? Hey, nice to have the veteran out there. He'll settle things down. He'll do what Connor does. There's been a lot more to his game this year. And with it, more minutes that he has earned this season. Certainly want to see him back healthy. Hopefully this is not something that lingers all throughout the season. And one other thing, Patrick McCaffrey. So Patrick is a guy that's been one of the more, frankly, infuriating guys to watch during his tenure in Iowa because he's talented. And talent's there. He's a good athlete. He can get up, get up and down the floor. But basketball IQ-wise, I just there were so many times where he'd take an ill-advised shot or he'd he just at the wrong time would pull up when he didn't need to or take it into the hoop and take a wild flailing shot that just wasn't there. It wasn't part of the offense. And frustration that would come watching him do that. Feels like he's playing more inside of himself now, not forcing things too much, not taking those ill-advised shots at the same level. Again, consistency. That's what we're looking for here. You get consistency. Otto Bracha, every single night, he's able to bring it. You get that out of Patrick. Connor doing his thing. You know what you're going to get in the backcourt, certainly defensively, out of Perkins and Ulysses. You get Chris Murray back, and suddenly, we really got something here. We got a team that has a chance to make a run. That is what you're hopeful for. That is what you're looking for out of this team. Get that consistency. One more game that'll come up on Wednesday against Eastern Illinois before they break for Christmas. And then they'll get started on the 29th of December as they go on the road to take on in that one, Nebraska. All right, one final thing on the women's side. I had a couple of people on the uh, YouTube say, hey, you haven't talked much women's basketball. And you're right. Haven't talked a ton about it. Talked a lot after the Iowa State women's game. Fun game that was as Iowa got it done again in Carver. Another fun one on Sunday as uh, they run past you and I, 88-74. Uh, Caitlin Clark doing her thing. She had another big performance. This game was a, a BTN Plus game, so didn't get to see all of it. Look, it's so difficult. DVR, you know, I'm old. I'm in my 40s. Like, I just like to flip on my DirecTV and hit the record button and be able to fast forward and watch things that way. When it's on BTN Plus, got to pull up the phone. All right, got to pull up the app, try to put it, screen it up on there. Then you can't fast forward through commercials. You can't fast forward dead ball situations, things like that. It just makes it more difficult. So didn't see all of the game. Uh, Monica Cezano, though, she was really good, too. Uh, she had 22 in the game. But the most important piece for Iowa women's basketball, again, is an injury concern. That was Kate Martin. She was out there, looked like a scary injury last week against Minnesota. It was a shin injury. At the time, though, looked like it was going to be something much worse than that. Went through practice a couple of days last week. She was able to go in the game. She was out there as a starter, had nine points. But she's just so important. She can do so many different things for this women's team. Little love for the women's basketball team. And uh, coming up next now, 
for Iowa as they get ready for Big Ten play. Their uh, schedule will conclude in the non-conference also on Wednesday against Dartmouth before they'll have Purdue coming in then on the 29th. That will be their first Big Ten matchup of the season. So that's what we got covered for you here today. We'll, of course, be with you each and every day in the latest. Again, Wednesday is signing day. That will be a big one as it pertains to Caden Proctor. As more news comes available, we will always pass it along to you. Thanks again for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, check out Lockdown Sports Today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Instant reaction, game recaps, and Lockdown's take of the day. Lockdown Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Hopefully better news. Don't hold your breath on the Caden Proctor front. We'll talk to you then. Go Hawks.